<laughs> Good morning. Today is Yud Adar, the 6th of February. Here we are in the Hollywood Shtibel learning Dafyemi Lelinishim Skitopero Bas Pitsalo. We're starting Samach Gimel. Amid Aleph, I just want to start from the last line in Samach Bez Amid Bez. The Gemara says as follows. This is in fact what I meant to t- say when it came to treating our base Knesses with the stringencies of the base of the Harabayas. And just like there are rules, obstru- uh, restrictions on what you're allowed to do in the base of Mikdash or on Harabayas by the Temple Mount, so too our shuls have those same restrictions. What I wanted to say was, learn out lechumra for both wearing shoes and lechumra for spitting and taking shortcuts. The Ema says the Gemara on the top of Samach Gimel Amaral 63a. Harabayas the Asa ben You're not allowed to walk with your shoes on by the Harabayas Lufa Minal. So then learn out our shoes should have the same chumra uh, as uh, as Harabayas. Ava beis haknesis the shari b'minal in beis haknesis it's mutter to go wear shoes. In fact, the opposite we say right. It's not a covet if you come into shul without anything on your feet. But lesser, you would end up the minal the yalef b'minal ulaheter neilev mikapangia v'lesser. So if you're going to learn out spitting, the restriction of spitting in shul from shoes, so then you're going to end up. Uh, uh, being matir, mikapandria, a nailuf, mikapandria, velasar. I'd rather you learn from the laws of taking a shortcut that even our shuls, you're not allowed to take a shortcut through the shul, right? So, uh, that it's aser. Elama rabba kibesai. The answer is, says rabba, really, you should be learning out the restrictions of spitting in shul, like your house, and shoes as well, and shortcuts as well. Ma base, just like in your house, like a panjia kapid inish, or a kiko mino like kapid. People obviously would be if, uh, a little bothered if you just chose to take a shortcut through their house. Now, we're not talking about through their yard if they let you, but through their actual house. And, uh, but however, spitting, it used to be they had dirt floors, and people, or they had a receptacle, and people had dust in their mouth or something, and they had to spit. So that was a normal that was, uh, occurrence. Umino like kapid inish. So too, the, in the shul is like your house. At, at the minimum, it's like your house. More than Harabayas, according to Rabbah. And therefore, taking a shortcut through a shul would be forbidden, just like you wouldn't let somebody take a shortcut through your house. But wearing shoes or uh, alleviating uh, oral discomfort through spitting would be permitted, just like in your house. If you have a guest there, you let them wear shoes. Some people are mocked that they don't let people wear shoes in the house. They don't want people ruining the floors. But that's, that's, uh, okay, so that's. So I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say that. You, you're saying that, I hear. Um, right? They had such a thing. But I'm not, I'm not even sure that it wasn't considered a normal thing. If there was dirt and somebody went into the corner and spit in the corner and covered it over with dirt, I'm not sure that they consider that to be uh, uncouth behavior. Today that would be a little awkward, um, but if somebody would go spit in your garbage, but uh, they did have dirt floors and they didn't necessarily have a garbage bin from China and sitting in every corner, you know, made out of plastic. They had 
something for trash that was really smelly and stuff, but I'm not sure that it would be considered so awkward. Says the Gemara, about six, seven lines down, in Beis HaMikdash, you would answer brachas differently than in your home with the response, Baruch Shem Kavayit Malchusay Lelambahed, rather than uh, Amen. Kol kach lama, l'fishayin aynin amen b'mikdash. Says the Gemara, they, you would not say amen in the base of mikdash. Uminayin she'ain amen b'mikdash. How do you know, how do we know that one doesn't say amen in the base of mikdash? She'nemar humu barfas Hashem alakechem mina oilam v'yad ha'oilam. It says, bless Hashem ad ha'oilam, forever. And what's ha'oilam? Ha'ilam means eternally or forever. I'll call bracha sehila. And the pasuk says in Nehemia to say tehila on every bracha. So you have to have same response of tehila. You would think all brachas are equal, and you just answer amen. On every bracha, you need this. Infinite response, which is Baruch Shem Kavod Machusar the Elam Ba'ed, rather than the same praise that you would say other places of Amen. So we have a pasuk to tell us that they actually would respond in a in a higher way in the base of Mikdash. They would respond to brachas Baruch Shem Kavod Machusar the Elam Ba'ed, rather than just our regular affirmation of Amen. Um, it's interesting. Like you would think, uh, yeah, it makes sense. Even a mundane act in the base of Mikdash. Had a different response. Had a different. Uh, had a different response. Tainloi tehila. Okay. Hiskinu shiadam shal b'shalom chaver. So going back to the Mishnah, how does a person greet somebody? Actually, in a way which is contrary to logic to an extent. You would think that we minimize saying Hashem's name and Shalom is one of Hashem's names, but in fact, we were given permission when a person greets somebody to greet them uh, with with Shalom. My Iman, uh, the Mishnah brought several psukim as a, as a proof to this. So the Gemara says, why do you need additional proofs? Why is it not sufficient to learn out when Bayaz came to the field and he greeted the workers and he said with Hashem's name? Why is that not enough of a source? Perhaps Bayaz, that was a halacha that he decided on his own and he passed him for himself. Who said we're going to pass him like Bayaz? Right, it says like the halacha is like uh, uh, like Ravina and Ravashi. The halacha is the halacha is like Rava, like Rav Nachman. But who said the halacha is like Bayaz? Tashema, I bring you a ride from the following uh, pasuk: Hashem imcha giber achayel. So that's why you have additional psukim. Hashem imcha giber achayel. We see from the pasuk that uh, Hashem's name was used in greetings. Maybe it was uh, from a Malach, Tashema, that it wasn't Hashem himself uh, agreeing. Altavos do not, uh, do not, Altavos do not treat it lightly, do not embarrass. The, the elderness of your mother, so to speak, as if to say that if this is the tradition, you can rely on it. So Gemara quotes a Pasuk in Tehillim. 
this is a very, you know, you ever go to any rally about anything, you'll hear this, Ace la, Ace la, Hashem. Today is not a time where we could sit back and relax and let somebody else do the work. Ace la, Ace la, Hashem. Today is a day that we have to take action into our own hands. The, uh, uh, because the Torah is being breached. You can interpret, you can darshan up this Pasik, either reading it from beginning till end or reading it from the end back to the beginning. Uh, how so? I, I wonder if there's a word, right? There's a word, if there's a word that could be written, read both ways back and forth, like Nasan. Palindrome. Right? It's a palindrome. But if it's a, if it's a whole Pasik or a whole sentence, that can be read back and forth. I don't know if there's a word or if it will be the same description. But there are some words that can be read back and forth. Yeah, there's a pasuk that could be darshaned two ways. How would I darshan it if I was reading the pasuk from the beginning until the end? To, right now is the Eislas Eislashem. People have to take extreme measures, the Gemara says. There are times when a person has to act with more strength or forcefulness or out of character in, in, if, if for the good of the Jewish people. Uh, and, uh, and, and why is that? When, when is that? Is more, is really the Gemara's question. When is that? When, when the Torah is being breached. Right, and the Torah is being breached. It calls for drastic measures. How would I read it the other way around? The Torah is getting uh, destroyed. The Torah is being breached. Because of the So it can either be you looked at one, which one is the catalyst for the other, when do we breach the Torah, so to speak? When do we deviate from what would be a normal halacha? And we say today is a hirah shah, it's a different time, when it's a eisla asa, eisla hashem. So maybe there's certain mitzvahs that we notice are being uh, fallen by the wayside, so there'll be a moment where it's eisla asa, eisla hashem. Now comes a time to be extra strict when it comes to those areas, when it comes to that mitzvah, because of the breach that's being observed. You know, this is a very dangerous Gemara, both what we just saw and what we're about to see, because everybody can learn this Gemara and say, oh, it's the Eisla, Eisla, Hashem. There's somebody who's uh, turning the air conditioning up too high in shul. This is the Eisla, Eisla, Hashem. People are going to stop coming to shul. I'm going to stand there and physically de defend the thermostat. You know, you'll have people get very excited about this concept of Eisla, Eisla, Hashem, that now is a time to be militant, right, exactly. So it's necessary, but it also requires a tremendous amount of siyata deshmaya in making the right judgment. I remember when I was in Gated Yeshiva many, many years ago, so there was something called Chavrusa Tumult. And basically, at the end of the Zman, many Yeshivas do it at the beginning of the Zman, but, but in Gateshead, they used to do it at the end of the previous month for the guys who were there. Because this way, when you start Rosh Chodesh El, you're coming, you have your chavrusas, you know who you're learning with. You're not then deciding, figuring out who I'm going to learn, what dharam I'm going to learn, what shir I'm going to go with. Everything was decided before the summer. And this way, the first day, Rosh Chodesh El, you 
who are out the gate with a bang. So what would happen is, basically, let's say you had a five-month winter's man, right? A typical winter uh, semester in the yeshiva is going to be Cheshvan Kislev Teves Shvat Adar, and then there's a break for Nisa, and then it resumes in uh, Iyar. So uh, towards the end, people are already learning with the same guy for at least five months as their chavrusa, their study partner. Maybe they're already fed up with each other. Maybe maybe not. Maybe they're going good. But people are already starting to wonder, what am I going to do after Pesach? Who am I going to learn with? You know, uh, And uh, they start to already whispers break out who they're going to learn with. And before you know it, all of a sudden, in the middle of learning, it becomes like just one day to all of a sudden the discussion turns from whatever people are learning with the Chavrusa, by the way, what are you doing? Are you going to planning on continuing learning with me or not next uh, Zman? It's almost like with a Shear. Sometimes you don't know if the Magad Shear is going to continue or not, so you don't want to decide the day the Shear begins. You want to know in advance. And it would cause a tremendous interruption in the learning, of course. And it was it was there was a purpose to it, that people should have the right Chavrusas, uh, but still it would cause a rifting in the learning. I remember once there was a guy in yeshiva, a bacher, and he was like this uh, very—he was a very outspoken person when it came to ruchnius. And people were really. Uh, it came a day when there was a big tumult in the base medrash where people like stopped learning, and twenty percent of the yeshiva is learning, and eighty percent is deciding who they're going to learn with. And he like gave a clap in the base medrash, and he says, "If you're not learning." Take your talking outside. Like uh, one guy is 350 people sitting learning this Vedrash. And he got up there. He said, if you are not from the people here sitting and learning, this is not what the Meshkiach of the Yeshiva wants, that you should be schmoozing right now about who you're going to learn with. Get out. And uh, people get very, they get inspired by this Eis Lash, Eis Lashem, but it, it requires tremendous Siat and to know when and how to apply it. Tanya, Hill Azak and Oimer, Bishaz Hamachnisen, Pizar. At the time when people are gathering in, that's a time when you spread out. And we'll explain what that means in a minute. Pizar, Bishasim, Afazim, at the time when things are being, people are, are spreading out, that's a time when you, Kinnis, uh, when, you, when you gather in. So Rashi explains pretty clearly on the right hand margin, almost parallel to where we are in the Gemara. If you're living in a generation where the Chachamim are content with the amount of Talmidim and Torah that's being learned in the world, and they have their hands full already with it, and they're not looking to expand, you go out and teach people and find Talmidim. Don't rely on the fact that senior uh, people who are ta- senior Tamidah Chachamim are not uh, teaching more or able to do more. So you become the person that has to go and teach. And B'Sha'asam Ephazim says, Rashi, Shekadolim Shebedarim, I beat some Torah. If you're at a time when every, every Rav Rosh Kaila and Rosh Hashiva is eagerly out there searching for people to teach Torah to, so then, Kanes Atav, Eloi Sitel, Shrara, Aleim, Da'afzu, Lechvot, Shemayim, Hilechaz, Bemidus, Anava, so then you know the job is being done. It's not your job to come and push aside the people who are already doing it and say, oh, I, the, the world needs me to teach them Torah. That's a time when you find a different way to serve Hashem. Says the Gemara. Again, Tanya Hill has a machnisim If you find a generation where the Torah is beloved by them, Pisa scattered. Shenemar Yesh Mefazer Venosef Oit. Teach more Torah. 
But if you live in a generation where there's trouble in paradise, right? And uh, if you teach Torah to the masses, they're just going to take that and use that to further weaken Klal Yisrael. That's a time when you're allowed to retreat from teaching the way and from teaching Torah to others and just learn on your own. Shenemar, and we also quote Hill Azakin would quote this pasuk that we previously mentioned. That since it's a Hashem, that the Torah is being uh, hold back the Torah from being distributed because it's not going to end up in a covered of Shemayim. But how do you know when is a time? You know that's this is in its tremendous siyata d'shmaya and the midah of emes. You need a lot of truth in your life to determine which generation and what applies to you. Darish bar kafra. Somebody who's a, he's a very well-known uh, community builder, I guess you can call him. And for 30 years, he's been traveling to different Jewish communities, day schools, and very involved with uh, helping communities expand their schools and yeshivas, etc. And he once told me, he says, I will tell you in the 30 years that I'm doing this, there was never money for anything. And there's never money for anything. And yet somehow... There's always money for everything. If you're going to wait for there to be the money for something, there's never money for anything. Every community will tell you the, the, what they really need, they can't afford. But there's always money for everything. So you have to know when it's when it, you, you can incentivize yourself to activate those funds by saying, you're right, there's no way to make yeshiva in this place. It's too small. They don't have uh, enough rabbeim. But you do it a, a, if, if it makes sense and it can be successful. So there's a lot of people who are of that, who are of that mindset. Darush Kafra. Zulas, when things are cheap, kibbutz, kana, mina, go and buy. Right? If there's, if there's a... If you see things are cheap, you gotta buy. You can't, right? If things are cheap, right now, like you gotta a, buy. Right now, stock market, Wall Street dropping. You have to know if it's cheap. Yeah, it could. Lower doesn't always mean cheaper. Yeah, if lower doesn't always mean cheaper. Lower doesn't always mean cheaper. If you need a mortgage, wow. if you need a mortgage, that's wow. a good. This is good. This is a good time. Amazing. Right? The atza, the less gaver, and the place where there's no man, tamen have a you be the man. You stand up, right? Says Abayah. was very sharp over here. If there is somebody already there who's a community leader and there's already a rav, already a shishiva, don't come and push them aside and say this guy needs me to save the world. Says the Even in the case where the person who's there is not any greater than you. And somebody comes to town and says, this uh, town, they don't have a real good orator or a Balkaira who's an expert. Yeah, they have a Balkaira, but they don't have a Balkaira like me. I'll try and monopolize uh, the shul Balkaira industry. Right? We're looking, we need somebody like that. We need a few people who really want to lane. Uh, so uh, even when they're shoving, don't try and knock out 
Uh, Rashi explains on the left-hand margin beautifully this first narrow line. If you come to a place where there is already a Talmud Chacham, and he's not greater than you, you're on the same level as him, don't take away the mantle of leadership, to take away the opportunity to darshan, to teach the rabbin. So a person has to be very careful in life when they go somewhere, not to, to get this Gemara right. That's all I'll say. Darish by Kafra. Get it right. You know, be the man when there's no man. And listen to Abaye and don't try and be the man when there is a man. Uh, all the Gemaras you have to get right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you, counselors. Darish by Kafra. Ezu Parsha Ketana. But the dreams. You know, if you misinterpret your dream and you, and, you, and you dream that you are a rich man instead of a poor man or something like that, okay, so your life won't be the same. But this is, we're talking about, uh, yeah, Darish Makafra. What is a small verse, a small parsha in the Torah, which so many things are reliant on, uh, on it? You should know Hashem in all your ways and do the straight thing. Now that's interesting, right? Rabbi says, even when a person comes to do an Avera, they have to find a way to listen to Hashem in that, uh, in, in that capacity, maybe reduce the Avera that, uh, right? Maybe reduce the Avera that they were going to do. Find some way to institute Hashem. Uh, they say a story with the Chavetz Chaim, I don't know if it's accurate or not, that he was once giving a, a shmooze to the Ganavim of Radin, I don't know, something like that, to, to, right? They say this, and uh, and uh, they said, uh, he said to them, it was fr- they used to go Friday night and take things from people's houses, because that's when everybody was sleeping, uh, you know, and exhausted. And uh, the, he asked him something about Mechal Shabbos. He said, Rebbe, Shabbos, you know, like, we're not Mechal Shabbos. We're just Ganavim, but, uh, you know, but we're not Mechal Shabbos. The person has to find it even in something which, they, which it, they're doing in Avera, but still li- recognize Hashem. Darsh Kafra. Forever a person should teach their children a profession which is clean, Mahi, which is what? Amrav Chizda, Mechter de Talmiyusa, diamond cutting, a schleifer, stone cutting. Rashi explains it's like a plowing because you make you set them into, into rows like a plow does. So setting diamonds, cutting diamonds is right here in the Gemara, Samagimu, Amad Aleph, and Brachas, that this is something that you could teach your children and it's considered a Parnasa Nakia. Tanya Rebbe Yoimer. First ultra wide line down, some of So a person has to be careful the tone that they set in their home with friends. The Gemara is saying, don't have friends that feel like they live there too much. You know, there should be boundaries. If you have friends who come and make it their home too much, then uh, it'll end up with a, it'll end up causing unpleasant events, and I think that, that this uh, what? Get this Gemara right. 
Okay, you got to get this Gemara right. But what's fascinating is in the last, I would say, 10 years, this concept of having boundaries. People have gotten very uh, tremendous heightened awareness of having boundaries uh, in your house or in shuls or with people and relationships. And it's really right here in this Gemara. Tanya Rebbe Aymer, Al-Yimna Adam Apatropis Patek Besoy. Do not appoint somebody else who will have complete control over your affairs in your house that they can come and go as they please. The whole story with Yosef that he almost was nichshal, he almost felt succumbed to Aisha's Paitifar and to the Sahara in her house was because it was the relationship of having somebody who can come and go into your house as they please is not a healthy relationship for that person or for the for the household. For it's just going to cause looseness and it'll cause an unnatural. Uh, balance of security in the home. Tanya, Rabbi Aimer, Lama Nismucha Parshas Nazir, Le Parshas Saita. Why is it that the two Parshas of Nazir and Saita are juxtaposed to, next to each other? Blaimelach Shakala Raya, Saita, Bekukula Yaza Atsuna Yayan, right? This is a very famous Kamara, Rashi El Tari, I believe, quotes it, that uh, if a person sees uh, Saita blowing up, they happen to be walking by the base of Mikdash. When a sighted a woman who is uh, suspected of having an affair, a married woman was tested by the Sota waters, and he sees her actually blowing up, it's a sign they should do something. Hashem is showing him you have to. You're different in the world because you witnessed this. To, uh, to become a nazir, abstain from wine, haircuts, etc. Amr Chizgi Vedreidur of Parnach, Amr of Yechanan, Lamanis Chopasha Soita, the Parsha's Trumus of Mises. Why does the Parsha of Soita appear in the Torah next to the Parsha of Tithing? If somebody doesn't go to the Kayan for good reasons to celebrate the bounty that Hashem gave them by giving the Trumus of Mises to the Kayan, and then they're going to end up needing the Kayan services in an unpleasant manner when they have to bring their wife to drink the Soita waters. A person will bring his wife to the Kayan instead of bringing his truth to Mises. And it gets even worse. If you try and cheat the Kayan, you're going to end up needing those truths to Mises. You're going to need uh, to take from the Hefker, take from the food which you could have given to the Kayan. But if you do give Meiser, Soif Mis Asher, right? Aser Bishvil Shita Tisasher. Shnemar Isha Shayitin Lokoyen, the one who gives to the Koyen, Loya, Loya Maman Harbe. To you it will be many, many, much money. Amrav Huna Babrachim, Shom Rabbi Lazar Kefer. Call Amashat of Shem Shemayim Bitsaroy, Koyfim Loy Panasasai. Somebody who, when they're in pain, they don't forget about the importance of their relationship with Hashem, and they include davening to Hashem as part of their uh, as part of their solution. And as uh, they are able to, Rashi says, or they say Baruch Dynamis, they're able to relate to God even at a moment when they're in pain, which is sometimes hard to do. Shenema v'haya v'haya. Shakai bitsarecha vachesif toyaf oislach. 
when Hashem will be in your tsar and your suffering, Kesef Toyofais Lach. What does Toyofais mean? Your Parnasa will fly to you like a bird. Just make sure that the, you know, the talons are not too strong when the bird lands on you, that you don't get uh, ripped up by the bird. But as long as uh, it sounds, it sounds good, the, the Parnasa will come to you. Somebody who abandons the Torah. So this is a very good continuation from this previous passage where we said that even when a person's suffering, they have to, they should include Hashem in their davening and in their thoughts and not feel alienated. So Yasha says, somebody who is alienated from Torah, will not have the wherewithal, will not have the ability to uh, to withstand suffering. They will end up, somebody who's uh, frees themselves on a young tar, they're light, they're lightweight, so to speak. Even if a person uh, abandons a single mitzvah because uh, because they didn't have, say, oh, I don't have the strength for this, it says the person who lets go without explaining a definition that even a little bit of letting go. I remember many, many years ago, my wife's great uncle, who was a Holocaust survivor, he was sitting Shiva, and somebody said to him, do you want to sit high? He was already like 90 years old, or 86, 87, and he said, do you want to sit on a couch or sit a little higher? Because it's hard for you to sit. Uh, it's almost 90. And he said, it's hard for me to sit? This is when I was in Czechoslovakia and they put me in a dark uh, closet in a prison cell for three days with my hands basically tied behind my back and I had to sit cross-legged for three days in dark and the cold without food. That was when it was hard for me to sit. Now to sit, it's a mitzvah, to sit shiva, uh, it, uh, this is not hard for me to sit. person has to have the strength to observe mitzvahs even under trying conditions. Mm-hmm. He used to tell over. Or some people have, uh, some Gemaras have, when he went down to Golis, to Babel, from Eretz Yisrael, he would create a Ibriyar, he would set the calendar with a leap year, for leap years and the months, even though he was in uh, Babel, he was in Chutzlaretz, which was, it was only, you were only allowed to do it by the Sanhedrin in Eretz Yisrael. So the headquarters found out about it and sent down from Yushalayim to Tamidei Chachamim to go investigate. Rabbi Yaisi ben Kippur uben Benoi Shazachariah ben Kabutal. Kibben Shara, he saw these two Tamidei Chachamim coming to Babel. Amr lahem, lama ba'asem, what are you here for? Now, you know, that's a, that's a loaded question. Was he suspicious or was he trying to help? So they said right away, we're here to learn from you. We wanted to learn Torah. You came down to Babel. We're here to learn Torah from you. So he got up. These are two tremendous scholars who have joined us in our community. Their fathers would uh, were, did avoid in the Beis Hamikdash. He used to read before the Kohen Gadol. So, uh, 
he gave them a very nice, welcome, a warm introduction to the community. And then he started to teach. Whatever he would say is Tameh. These two scholars who, was, who, who uh, supposedly came down to learn Torah from him would argue on everything and say, no, it's Tar. Who I said, he would say something's awesome. Hey, Matim, they said it's permitted. He said to everybody, ah, I'm the Paisik in town. These two new guys, they're no good. They don't know what they're talking about. Yeah, you can't listen to them. It's too late. So they said to this Rabbi, uh, Rabbi, uh, Yaisi, uh, to, to Reb Chanina, right? To Reb Chanina or Chananya ben Achai, uh, they said to him, it's too late. You can't anymore tell the community now, these two guys who I told you a month ago are the biggest Tamidah Chacham from Eretz Yisrael who came to learn Torah and our Yeshiva, and now you can't tell everybody, they don't know what they're talking about. So if we tell people that in Eretz Yisrael they would never paskin like this, in Yerushalayim they would never let you paskin and say the halachas that you're saying, people are going to believe us because you told everybody that we're, we're, we're a trustworthy source. Why are you arguing on me like this? Just go back to where you came from. If you don't agree with my halacha, I'm the rav here. You go back to where you came from. Nobody asked you to come. And they let out the secret. The real reason why we're here, they said, was because you have been violating the laws that were set in Sanhedrin, that the calendar is only set from Yerushalayim, and we were really sp- sent, this is a setup. We set you up. <laughs> so he said, I have precedent, right? I have precedent for this. Rabbi Kiva ben Yosef did the same thing as me. He would also mess with the calendar from Chutzlaretz. Rabbi Akiva and Yosef was at a time when there was nobody left in Eretz Yisrael who could pass in these type of shilas. He says, I also don't have anybody today that could pass in like me. When I left, there were no, uh, there were no major scholars. The little baby uh, lambs and, sh- and, and uh, goats that you left behind have now become full-size animals with horns. And they're coming for you. And they told us to come and say over in our name, if the people listen and stop paskin and according to Rebchananya ben Achi Yeshua, fine. We're going to put you in excommunication. We're going to put you in cherem. So it seems like the, it was at the end of the Bar Kokhba, right? It was at the end. It seems like there was still a, a base in a Sanhedrin. The question is, what was their activities? Did they still have, what, what, uh, what powers did they still have? They seem to think that they can... They can give him, they put him in Cherim. No, so, oh, so Rashi's Yehuda. No, they could put him in Cherim, yeah. They were going to put him in Cherim. So you wanted to have the Cherim, the full strength of the Cherim that we right. learn about in the Gemara and the Darim, mm-hmm. where it was like Mamish coming from Hashem, yes. that the person, I don't know, but, or was this a political Cherim, where they said, we have all the backing of all the rabbis and Yehuda and right. whoever's left, and we're going to publicly come out against your name. Va'amru la'achenu she'begoyla, Va'amru la'achenu she'begoyla, 
and we're going to tell the community where you are the Rav over here in, in Galos, Im Shaiman Mutav, if they listen to our Khairim on you, then fine, your community will continue to be accepted as a Jewish community. But if you are going to not, uh, if you're going to uh, uh, be disregard, you're going to disregard us, Yalu Lahar, Yalu Lahar, Acheb, Yavna, Mizbeach, Achi, the, lead, the community leader, will build a mountain, a uh, mezbeach on top of the mountain. Hananya, this rabbi, Yenagin Bekiner, he was a levy, let him uh, play the musical instruments. And you could go and make your own religion, go and declare, we follow our own paskening, we have our own mezbeach, we have our own Sanhedrin, we have our own rabbis, and uh, we play our own instruments. Right? We, what's the expression? We plays to the beat of a different drummer, plays to his own beat. You know, that's basically what he's saying. You're not going to be Let your rabbi play to his own beat, then you'll be a new Jewish people, but you're not going to be part of us. They broke down and crying. That's not at all what our intentions are. We do have a portion in the God of Israel. Why was it necessary for them to do this whole setup and come at this community like that uh, and, and, and trap them and force them to make a decision? You know, it's not like, it's one thing. So you pass in some things differently. He didn't, it doesn't say, it's interesting. It doesn't say that the tainu was to, on him from paskening Tuma Tahira, from paskening, from saying the halacha is, is being more lenient and more strict. That, wasn't, that was how they proved that he wasn't the great genius that they were making him out to be. But that wasn't what their taina, their complaint was that he was acting like a Sanhedrin in, in, in Gaulus. But it wasn't uh, because of the, the style of his psak. Says the Gemara, Bishlamahu Metahir we could understand that Rabbi Hananya would, would say it's tar, it's permitted, and they would say, no, you're being too makel, you're being too lenient. The real halacha, in fact, is that it's it's hava. When he would say it's tame, they were actually more lenient than him. They would say it's tar. Why did they do that? But Tanya, Chacham Shatime, if once already it's paskind that something is tame, in his friend does not have permission to go and uh, another Talmud Chacham in town cannot say that it's permitted once it's already been paskened by somebody that it's Tameh. So you, the, you have to keep your mouth shut even if you disagree. Uh, says the Gemara, Aser, if, uh, the, the Brisa continues, Aser, if it's already paskened by a Rav in that city that something is forbidden, you can't come along and, and permit it. Says the Gemara, they were concerned here that if people would respect his psak, his authority, his halachic authority in these areas, so his following would be, uh, people would follow him. And even though he was going against uh, the rest of the Klai Yisrael when it came to paskening about the calendar, therefore they felt they had to undermine his authority. And uh, they had to undermine his authority. I think, uh, yes, Norman, all the Gemaras here we have to get right. But this is something which we really, a person has to get right. 
to know when is a time to undermine authority, that's uh, it's 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 a hard. We need a lot of seyat d'shmaya. Tan Rabbanan, kishenichnesu Rabbi Seinu lekaren beYavne. When the Chachamim came down to Karen uh, beYavne, they came to Golas. Why was it called Karen beYavne? Rashi says on the right hand margin, lekaren al shem shi yoshim shuris shuris kikaren zeh netuya etua shuris shuris shuris. They were called like like rows of a vineyard because they sat in rows to learn. Back in the Gemara, the Gemara says there were already a bunch of Rabbanim sitting there. They all would start talking about the host. When they would teach Torah, they would start in the, praising the hosts. Rabbi Yehuda was the head speaker. He was the Rosh HaMedabram. He always got the podium first. And uh, he would say it as follows. Right? We're just about to read Vayichal on Monday. Monday is Tanis Esther. And uh, I'm sure we'll hear an update about what time we're starting Monday and what time we can drink a coffee till in due time. But Moshe uh, Rabbeinu, it says the Pasuk, says... He took the tent out of the Bnei Yisrael after the eagle, and he brought it chutz uh, So he took the aron out. Says the Gemara, and he brought it 12, 12 mil away. How much was a mil? Did we say yesterday? How much did we say a mil was? Three thousand feet. So thirty-six thousand feet is like six miles, so six seven miles, something like that, right? And what does the Pasuk say? Whoever needed to ask a question, whoever was searching Hashem would come six miles to find it. Come here and travel all around to teach and learn Torah. All the more so does a person have to go and, uh, and, and be mevakish them and greet them. Hashem spoke to Moshe upon him, upon him. So the drasha continued. Hashem said to Moshe, Moshe, I need to upon We are going to uh, talk Torah together. Amri. Some say that what that man was. This is what Hashem said to Moshe. The same way I have talked to you, go and talk to the Bnei Yisrael. Go bring back the Aron into the midst of the dwelling of the Jewish people. What people are probably thinking, what people are saying are that Moshe and Hashem are in a fight. They're uh, upset at each other. And we, what's going to be with us? What's going to be with us? If you're going to be, uh, to bring back the Aaron, fine, no problem. Uh, no problem. But if not, if you're not going to bring back the oil, back to the Bnei Yisrael, Yeshua Benun will fill your place and you'll stay here and Yeshua Benun will stay with the Jewish people with the Aaron and with the Mishkan. 
And Moshe Rabbeinu went back. Still, the Pasuk was really fulfilled. That Yeshua, who was the eventual successor of Moshe Rabbeinu, never, uh, ne- ne- never, uh, never left. So the Drasha continued. Of Yehuda said as follows, and he was just the first speaker, right? He was Rosh Hamidabrim. The Darish, and he said as follows: Haskes Ushma Yisrael So right on the last day that Moshe, of Moshe Rabbeinu's life, at the end of forty years, he said, uh, "Everybody be silent. Today you're a nation." Was that the day that the Jewish people became the Jewish people? Forty years earlier was in fact the time when the Torah was given. Every day the Torah is beloved to those who study it as if that was the day they received it, right? The excitement of getting something new remained with the Bnei Yisrael for all 40 years as if they had just gotten the Torah that day, even though it was different people, right, by the end of the 40 years. I'll bring you a proof. If you miss one Krishma, even though you said it all the time, it's like you've never recited the Shema. Haskes, so we see how, how one day, every single day has to be like the first day that you, that you got it, with that same excitement. And if a person doesn't do it, it's like they never received it. Haskes, what does that mean, the word Haskes in the Pasuk? There's different interpretations. Also, kitais, kitais. Make it tr- Turn yourselves into groups, into groups, <laughs> pairs. The ask of Torah and study Torah. Why do you have to be in pairs? A Torah is not acquired unless you're in a shear. It doesn't work if you're not together with a Chabura. Somehow, whether by phone, by WhatsApp, by going over it later, by making uh, an occasional appearance, by making an everyday appearance, it has to be with a Chabura. Uh, 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 who is it talking about that uh, that is uh, will be oppressed? Who is sitting by the dim? Who are sitting alone? and learning Torah, but they're not with a group. Are actually considered harmful to the Torah. It doesn't make them smarter. In fact, the opposite. Not only does it make them. Uh, Easier to, to have misconceptions in pshat, but also uh, it causes them to sin. So it seems like without the benefits of learning Torah with a group are not just are not just that uh, you feel more encouraged to be part of a group and you get other people to learn, but your actual learning will come out sharper. And in fact, the Gemara speaks derogatory about somebody who's, uh, they're put in the category of, uh, of sinners, somebody who doesn't adopt this approach. Or you could look at the Pasuk and see from the Pasuk in Yeshaya, Neyalu Sarei Soyan 
another pshat in Haskes, Ushma Yisrael, in that first pasik, Ksasai Atzmechem Al Divrei Taira. Kill yourself on Divrei Taira. Kedamar Ishlakish, Damar Ishlakish, Nine Shay Divrei Taira, Muskaim, El Misha Memus Atzmela. Taira is not acquired unless you literally give yourself over for it, you give over your life for it. Shanemar, Zaisa Taira, Zaisa Taira, Adam Kiyamas Ba'ayel. Ayel uh, means the uh, the Torah is somebody who who gives their life up for it. Daver Acher Haskes Shema Yisrael another pasuk interprets Haskes Has va'achakach kites kidrava da'amar rava la'edam yilvan adam Torah va'achakach yega first learn everything Has don't analyze and delve too deep before you learn a lot and then afterwards after you've learned a lot that's the time to really analyze. Amri de Bey Rabbiana Maidaksiv ki mitz cholov yoitzi chemo mitz af yoitzi dam u mitz apayim yoitzi riv. What is the pasuk that says churned milk, right? Churned milk produces butter. Uh, churned nose produces dam. If you, if you get a nosebleed, u mitz apayim yoitzi riv. Bemiata moitzi chemashal toira. Where do you find the sweetness of toira? Bemisha maki cholov. Somebody who literally uh, exchanged it for the nourishment of mother's milk. It has to be like that to you, that it's worth, it's your life. The illusion from the words of that blood will come from a nose, which is shaken up, churned, is somebody who their Rebbe gets upset at them and they don't react to that, they 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 don't respond to that, so they will be zeichet to the ability to tell between dam tamay and dam tar. Umitapayim yotzi riv, kol tamu chakos lavrabi parmi shayna, v'shniya v'shaisik, that somebody's Rebbe gets upset at them a second time as well and they don't say anything, zeichet lahavchen ben dinei mamonis ledinei nefashis. They'll be zeicha to know the difference to to, to paskin between dina nefashis and dina nefashis. What's so great about that? Monetary law and uh, and and severe life threatening shilas. The tanan Rabbi Shmuel Oimer haroitzish is chakim. If somebody wants to get really smart, smart yasuk bedina mamonis. They should learn the laws of chayshin mishpat. Of money, of dinei mamnes, she'en l'cham ektsoy, but Torah yos me'en she'en k'me'en noiva. There's no greater segment of the Torah which will uh, which will sharpen uh, sharpen your brain. Amr of Shmuel ben Achmeni, my dixiv. Im my what's the pasuk that says im nevalta? It's a pasuk of Mishlei. Im nevalta behis nase veim zamois veim zamoise yad lepe. Call him a novel somebody who's willing to be novel themselves. Uh, they're willing to put go out, put themselves at risk of being exposed as the, knowing very little. They're willing to. Rashi explains they're willing to ask questions that, even though people may judge them for their questions, 
but they're willing to take that risk. Rashi says, uh, Even though you'll be shepherd uh, for some of your questions, either the content of the questions or the, the perceived lack of knowledge based on your question, what are you going to merit? In the end, you're going to be the Rosh Hashiva. You're going to end up being lifted up. But if you stay silent, if you just hold it in and you never come to a you never ask the questions, in the end, your mouth will be covering, your hand will be covering your mouth with disbelief and with un- inability to really say things of much value to the community. And I told, uh, okay, we'll do one more Gemara, and then, uh, actually, I, I told Josh I would, le- I would leave this for him, so I'm going to leave this for him because he said he had a very small uh, daf for tomorrow, so I said, I will give you some shirayim from Sama Gimla Medbez. I did see a beautiful pshat in why it is that we lay in Parsha Zohar on Shabbos. Most shuls this week are laying Parsha Zohar. There is one shul that everybody's aware of, right, in Westchester that's going to lay it on Purim morning because the shul is closed by the CDC. But, uh, and you could be Yaitza, uh, the Kriyas of, of Mechias Amalek in other, uh, uh, other times. Somebody doesn't make it to Shul and Pasha Zachar, they could have in mind when we get to Pasha's uh, Kisisa, they could have in mind on Purim, on the laning on Purim. So, why is it that Shabbos Zachar, that Zachar has to be read on Shabbos? So, Zachar Heilig Hashem is Shmuel, and it's really my own thoughts based on the Yusayi that he brings down, is that during the week, Amalek is not the problem. It's, Amalek is a klipa, Amalek is a covering. Amalek is the, the uh, outer layer which prevents a person from absorbing and from becoming uh, closer to Hashem. But Amalek takes the problems that you already have with Hashem and he just looks for ways to exacerbate it. Mm. But he's not the underlying symptom. He's, the, he's what in reality is your problem. Mm. But he's not the cause of it. The cause is, we have, is lack of perfection in Midas. When a person has imperfections in their Midas, Amalek comes and blows that up like we learned about the Yitzhahara, right? The Yitzhahara is in a person's heart like a, like a grain of wheat that could uh, become, that could grow. That's what Amalek is. During the week, we're busy, we're working, we have uh, so many things going on. A person doesn't have the, uh, has so many Midas to work on during the week, they don't have the freedom to start worrying about Amalek. But Shabbos, comes Shabbos, and we're not as busy as during the week, that's when a person's able to actually focus on who they are and what Midas they need correcting, and therefore we're able to also attack Amalek. So Dafka on Shabbos, when a person is away from their business, when a person has less going on in their life, and they're able to actually be effectively think about the effects that Amalek has on them and able to fight back. And that is when we mention Amalek and destruction of Amalek.